Want to advertise your business in a cost-effective way? It's time to give podcast advertising a try. Research shows a high rate of podcast listeners made a purchase as a result of an ad they heard on a podcast. Visit podbean.com slash brands to launch a cost-effective podcast advertising campaign in minutes. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N dot com slash brands. Welcome to Yolitics, the home of cold beer and hot takes on Texas politics. Hey, everybody, and welcome back for another week of Yolitics. Uh, hopefully, we've got a lot of new listeners this time around, Jason, because uh, last week uh, was our biggest episode yet. This thing went gangbusters. And I wonder why it went gangbusters. I mean, it, it was an interesting topic. It was about the Lincoln Project, the co-founder from the Lincoln Project that sent out all those blistering ads about Donald Trump. Uh, the Lincoln Project announced it's going after Ted Cruz now and Josh Hawley, the senator from Missouri. But I wonder... Is it because we put the warning at the top of that episode that, hey, there's a lot of bad language in this episode? Do, do, you, guys, do you think our audience really was listening for the, uh, the bad words? Sometimes, I, I will, I'll admit, sometimes if I see a warning like that on something, I might be a little bit more drawn to it because I think, oh, this is going to be real. This is going to get real. Yeah. Like, people aren't just trying to polish and dress up in this one. If there's language in this one, somebody is really letting it fly. Well, uh, he did let it fly, uh, and it really got picked up a lot. I think maybe what propelled it, Jason, was that our humble little podcast last week made a lot of news, uh, got written up in Newsweek, Vanity Fair, uh, several other publications. And I know that, you know, that doesn't really register with you, you know, you being Jason Whiteley and all, because you're used to that sort of thing. But to me, that was a big deal, and, and uh, it was great to make some news with that it, one. It was huge, man. And and for our new listeners, um, here's a 10-cent version of what Yolitics is. We, uh, we have a beer, and we talk politics. We focus in on one specific issue, one specific topic that is relevant to Texas, and we drill down in, uh, down in on it uh, every every week, every Tuesday. So thanks for tuning into this episode here. And you know, speaking of real talk, that's what we're about to get into. But before we do, Jason's giving me a toast. Before yeah, we I do, am. let's talk about the beer we're having this week. Jason, what are you having, through, man? We're toasting via a Zoom meeting right now. I'm having an easy peasy IPA. This is from Dallas. Uh, and uh, I usually don't like IPAs. This one is uh, not so bad. I like this. Deep Ellum Brewing uh, came up with something good here. Uh, I was going to say it tastes like uh, it's got some grapefruit in it. I swear, I, I was going to tell you that it has grapefruit notes. Uh, and just now, I noticed on the can, brewed with citrus, it says. So I am tasting something that is legitimately in there. Well, you have an opportunity for a second job if you ever want it's that. It's my man. palate. Absolutely. You know, I, just got the, I have this refined palate. What are you having? <laughs> I'm having the uh, Southern Wheat. It's a Belgian-style white ale from Carbach, and this is brewed down in, uh, down in Houston. And it's delicious. Ah. It's fantastic. And we're actually um, – I chose this beer the uh, Carbach beer because of our first guest, who is also from Houston. I lived in Houston mm -hmm. for a while. Jason, you're from Houston. Our political mm -hmm. producer, uh, Taylor Lumsden, is from Houston. There's huge Houston ties here. Mm -hmm. um, but I used to drive through the district of our first guest the entire time. Mm -hmm. Every day, and, I would drive, and, drive and down. You're talking about 59, or was it still 59, or had it become 69? It was yet? still 59. People were okay. still still stealing the uh, the 69 signs for, for, <laughs> why? for who knows why. <clears throat> but our, 
Well, they still do, is what I understand. The the uh, <laughs> Department of Transportation says they still can't put those signs up and uh, you know with a straight face. But you know, <laughs> hey, we're not talking about Interstate sixty nine today. We'll have to put a warning on this one as well, Jason. Evidently, <laughs> uh, we're, we're talking about the the issues with the vaccine. You know, we, we mm-hmm. heard we heard last year. L- let me back up, and, and for you know, I'll probably get some hell for this, but but I'm going to say it. Um, the Trump administration did a fantastic job and creating a vaccine so quickly, helping to create. Now, they weren't in there. They were, they were helping to create it. Operation Warp Speed fostered it. Uh, but they never had a plan to actually vaccinate people. So we have this great vaccine that was rushed out in record time, but we don't have a, a playbook on how to vaccinate people. So their grand plans, everyone's grand plans of having millions of people vaccinated by January or February as we go into the next month here, uh, it hasn't really come true. So far in, in Texas, we've had 1.7 million doses show up in Texas. Governor Abbott said we're getting 300,000 a week. Keep in mind, we have 30 million people in the state. It's going to take quite a while to do that, Jason, but that's just Texas. Yeah, you know, nationwide, you look at it, the latest numbers coming down from the CDC show that, uh, you know, somewhere around 41 million doses have been distributed. Um, almost half of that, though, have actually gone into people's arms. It, that's a, the rough math on it. And so I think that just, you know, a lot of people have gotten angry about this and they have just wondered, like, where are all the doses? You know, we know that these things were produced. They're out there somewhere. Are they sitting on somebody's shelf? Are they gathering dust? Are they having to go into the trash? Are they just in the back of the freezer? Are they under someone's couch? Why are they not in my arm? Yeah. And our first guest is someone who has a lot to say about this. He, he's somebody I wanted to talk to for a while. Um, he is a Democrat from Houston. He's a state representative. To, to say that he speaks truth or speaks it the way it is is probably an understatement, not not, not a very good description of this guy. Um, his name is Gene Wu. And if you know that name, if you live in Houston or you're, or you're uh, from there, you probably know what we're talking about here. Gene Wu um, really tells it like it is. He's not a, not afraid to upset anybody, and uh, you know he he has some strong language. It's, it's not curse words, but he has some strong language. When we asked him what what in the world is going on, how long is it going to take to get Texans vaccinated? Um, not for a long time. Really? Uh, I mean, we've spent the what the last uh, vaccines were out uh, mid December, right? And realistically, they were being shipped mid mid December. Uh, they were getting to people right before Christmas. Um, the, the hospitals had in their hands and were, were starting to vaccinate people. Um, we're a month, more a month out. We've vaccinated just a bit over a million Texans. And we're one of the, we're, I mean, you know, we're frankly one of the more competent states. Um, and hmm. there's, you know, almost 30 million Texans. Uh, and right now we're talking about the idea that um, there is no, there is no reserve if we, if there was a, and and supply is our biggest issue right now. Um, delivery, we can we can futz delivery, like we can screw around with it, and it's like, okay, this is not the most efficient delivery system. Some people are getting left out. Some people are getting screwed. Um, we can work with that. We can that's manageable because any any amount of population getting vaccinated is good, even if it's not the right people getting vaccinated, right? But the fact that we don't have a reserve that everyone is like tearing their hair out. They're like, what do you mean there's no reserve? What do you mean there's like, what about people with second doses, right? We're not even talking about, we're, we're seeing a million doses have been delivered. A million people have not been vaccinated because not that whole million 
has gotten their second dose. And we have said over and over again, the second dose is vital. Um, we're not sure this vaccine works without a second dose. Right. All right. So uh, we know that we've got also this new variant now that spreads faster. And yet we have so few people who are vaccinated at this point, relatively speaking. Uh, that's a bad combination. And, and this is we're getting to the worst case scenario. I mean, literally, holy crap. I mean, like we're, we have one and a half 9-11s a day now. Over 4,000 dead per day and rising. I mean, I mean, you think about, I mean, I, I think we've been talking about this for so long that we, we've lost track and we've lost all sensibility of what it actually means. Almost a half a million Americans that didn't have to die are dead, okay? And, and people always say like, oh, well, we have a lot of people die every year. No, this is on top of everything else. People are still having heart attacks, still having strokes. These are the people who, who are, were not supposed to die and they're dying now. And, and and the fact that we still have half the country go whatever you know uh, the fact that we have these nightclubs in Houston just going just going gangbusters and there's there's nothing the city can do about it because the states tied their hand um, the fact that we can't even get people to wear their freaking masks right and and, and then we're going back to and the, the problem this this is the problem that experts have said from the very beginning as soon as we start getting vaccines people are are tired. People are tired of being locked down. They want to go back to work. Businesses want to restart. They want to have they want to have parties again, and we've never gotten this thing under under control. And we are, we're starting to act like because some people, a very small percentage of people, have gotten vaccinated, we're acting like, oh well, it's it's we got this, we got this, we're good, right? You, you mentioned worst case scenario. What 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 is a worst case scenario as far as you're concerned? Because I, I think it's pretty bad right now. Four hundred thousand dead and. We have this great vaccine, supposedly, but we can't get it to people. This is a brand new virus. Um, the The fatality rate, you know, depending who you ask, let's say at best case scenario, it's one percent, like one percent fatality rate. But no, and but the thing is, you have to remember, nobody in America has had this before, right? One percent of three hundred thirty million. Work that out, right? right. Let's let's that's three point three million people. Right. Let's say they say, even, let's say even more conservative than that. Let's say only half of Americans end up getting it, and but one percent die. One and a half million people, right? How far are we away from that? So, Representative, we've talked about the issues right. as far as it relates to the federal government giving guidance and giving vaccine doses to the states. Let's talk about uh, further downstream yeah. now, the state and how it, how it is dealing with all of its different counties uh, here in Texas. We've been speaking with some of those counties, and basically what we've gathered is, is that they're all kind of coming up with yeah. their own solutions all over the place and their own programs. Uh, some of them saying, you know, you can cross county lines and come into our county and get a vaccine with us. Others saying, no, yeah. don't cross the border to come into our county. We're going to make you prove residency. Some saying they don't have enough vaccine. Seen, others saying they have plenty. Uh, and then just the other day, I got a tweet from someone in Collin County here in North Texas saying that they, uh, they're they on a wait list right now for the vaccine that is 60,000 people long. You know, as, as much as I want to say this is purely um, purely the fault of the Trump White House, it, you know, you know, it's it's they're the leader. The, the White House is a leader, but there is some responsibility of the state to be competent, even if the federal government's not going to be competent, right? Um, if we had a natural disaster, if we have Hurricane Harvey, our response to it 
can't be dictated just by what the federal federal government does. We have to have a proper response. Um, and that's something like, look, come on, guys. You've we've known that this vaccine was coming for like nine months. Like literally everyone's that's been nothing that all we've talked about nothing but this. And you've had all this time to prepare. Realistically, what the state should have had is we should have had a statewide web- website and we should have a statewide um, um, uh, uh, hotline where people could call in and say, hey, uh, I live in this county and here's my address and this is these are my these are my uh, health care health conditions. This is what I do for a living. And we should have sorted these people out into categories 1A, 1B, 1, you know, 2A, 2, 2B and uh, done that ahead of time and say, OK. You live here. You're this category. You go to this provider, and they will, and we will send you the schedule when when you will, when you're up. And realistically, if we we're going to try to vaccinate like 20, 20, 30 million people. That's the way you would do it. I mean, like it's not you don't have to be you don't have to be an expert in this to figure this out. Like, how would you do this? Especially if it's yeah. like, you know, it's something that needs to be very uh, very much rationed and and figure out who needs it first. Well, th- that whole idea makes perfect sense. So, but why didn't why we do not? it? Why didn't we do it? Health and Human Services or State Health Services, uh, the Emergency Management Coordinator, Governor Abbott. There, there was no special session called. Obviously, yep. you didn't go back to to help figure this out. Why didn't anybody do this? It, it makes a heck of a lot of sense, and we had the time. After this is all over, I would really like an answer to that. I don't know, um, and you know. There's a lot of people playing CYA right now. Um, there's a lot of people um, passing the buck. Um, there's a lot of people basically saying nothing's wrong, everything's fine. They're sort of like taking the Trump mantra of, um, you know, everything everything happened the way it should be, right? So um, just look at, I mean, what, what's happened. I've been on multiple calls with the state uh, health department and talking about this. And, you know, I've been yelling at them because uh, one of the big big uh, problems for my area is, look, look, my my area does not look like other districts, and many other, and most districts don't like uh, look like other districts. So, right. people, you want to distribute to distribute through HEB and and uh, and CVS and Walgreens, fantastic. I have a single HEB at the very edge of my boundary. I have like more than half of my district is not served by a single HEB within within like um, a, a ten minute twenty minute walk. Um, so what do you do? I have, I have fiestas. I have Sellers Brothers. Um, I have Asian groceries. They don't have they don't have pharmacies. And we've been complaining about like, look, you need to get these vaccines to our local FQHCs, our federally qualified health centers. Right? These are the essentially nonprofit uh, organizations that serve underclass communities. Right? And these are the people who who are used to um, serving this population. They know how to reach out to them, and they they're trusted. That's a really important thing. They're trusted. Right. And so for, for at the very beginning, first first month, nothing's going out to them. Um, we had a local clinic that has like four centers and has like, you know, at least, um, uh, you know, a thousand something workers. They asked for a thousand doses. They got a hundred. Right. Jeez. And these are these are these are doctors and nurses and and and, and uh, uh, staff members. And I know I know that not everyone who asked for stuff got stuff. But at the same time. You know, I know, I also know because we're friends with them. Um, a lot of private health clinics, emergency ER centers, like or the for-profit places, like Scott and White and other places, got lots of doses. 
and half their half their staff didn't want them, right? So what do they do mm. with the rest of them? Well, they handed them out to their patients. Okay, so Representative, uh, you all are in a new legislative session right now. Obviously, this issue means a lot to you. It gets you really worked up. I'm just curious, how much uh, are your colleagues talking about this behind the scenes as far as beefing up what the state is able to do to get this vaccine out? I think everyone is handling differently. This is not necessarily a D versus R kind of issue. Um, I, I know there's some Republicans who are very, very concerned. Um, I know some of the most uh, aggressively uh, cautious um, uh, members in the, in, in, in the House are Republicans because they're old men and who do not want to die. Um, and whether they've gotten the vaccine or not, they don't, they're not taking that risk. Uh, and they're not, they're not going to. Um, and, and they share the sentiment with their community. Um, and, I, and I know some Democrats who are like, yeah, whatever. You know, it's not a, but um, it's not, I don't think it's a partisan issue, but I think it's more of like, who do you represent and what does your community look like? I, I know for a fact, and I'll, and this is something I can vouch for, is that the communities that serve, uh, the districts that are more serving underclass communities, like mine, more immigrants, more minority communities, um, the bulk of the people who are dying, our members, are those members are more concerned. Um people who are serving more affluent communities are less, less I'm going to say they're less concerned, but they're not as angry about it. I mean, they're not, as, they're not angry. Like I'm angry because it's my people. It's my people who, um, who are the essential workers, right. Who are the grocery clerks, who are the stock boys, um, who are the, the restaurant workers, who are the cleaners, who are the lawn guys, who are the people that, that have to go to work that don't have the option of working from home. And they're also the ones who are catching it. And they're also the ones who don't have health care, And they're also the ones who are dying at a much higher rate. How long does President Biden have to make this? No right? time. Zero time. Like right now. Um, and I, I fully expect him to. And uh, I, I, I uh, as someone who uh, not only gave him money uh, and voted for him and got other people to vote for him and, uh, you know, I fully expect him to jump out of the plane, like basically right now, like basically I don't care. There's, you know, I, I know it's fun to do the, hey, the previous guy screwed all this stuff up. Now we knew, we knew going in, like you, you, you went into the White House knowing that Trump is an idiot and that his people are incompetent and they did nothing. Um, and so, you know, the difference between we, well, we thought they did 20% and then we come to find out they did zero. You know, we should, we should have, if I, if I was running for president, I would say like, uh, you should have planned for that, right? You should have prepared for, prefer the fact that their plan was no plan, which is, you know, given Trump's um, uh, MO is not that unexpected. Um, America does not have the, we don't have the time for grace. Um, literally 4,000 and now coming up to 4,500 people are dying a day. And people are getting more reckless and not less reckless. Um, you know, um, we, we don't have the luxury of time. I, I'm sorry. I'm very sorry that, that Biden's not going to have an easy presidency. Um, but this is, and just like, you know, I'm going to have, I'm, I'm an appropriator. Um, I'm, I deal with the state's budget. It's going to be a 
just dumpster fire, right? But this is the job we signed up for. If you don't want it, don't do it. Um, and you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna do everything I can to support President Biden, um, but I'm not gonna make any excuses for him, and I don't think anyone else should either. But I don't think any I don't think Joe Biden wants people to make excuses for him, and and that's that's one of the reasons I voted for him. Hey, let me say this, uh, Representative Wu. Um, just call me Gene, are, man. Uh, now you tell Gene, us at the very I'll say end. This, man. <laughs> oh, sorry. You, you you are one of the few. Texas Democrats that are uh, that will speak so plainly. What what are your aspirations, man? Do you, you want to stay in the Texas House? Do you want to? Do you have aspirations for something? Local else? dog catcher is great. Come on, come on. Um, no, I. Um, you know anyone who and this is what this is my answer for everyone. Um, anyone that's like under sixty five and tells you they're not interested in higher office is lying to you. Um, the real answer is: Do you want to work for it? Right. So. My upward trajectory is like, let's say, congressman, state senator, uh, running for AG, running for governor, something like that, right? Those are hard, man. Um, I think it's a lot of work. And, um, you know, my life is difficult enough as state rep. And I've, and I honestly, I've, I've told people I have not accomplished the goals that I want to accomplish. And they're, they're not hard goals. Um, and I have a lot of juvenile justice reform ideas, uh, criminal justice reform ideas that will, I think, genuinely make the state a better place and change people's lives. I've not accomplished those. And when I when I accomplish them or get close, at least, and get the get the ball to the to the goal line, we, we can talk. But right now, I'm not sure like I want to upturn up, you know, turn my life upside down. Um, to do another, to do go from one thankless job to another thankless job. You should, you should have our job, man. Now, now, but I'm saying if Cruz resigns and Governor Abbott wants to appoint me to Senate, I'm not going to say no. He, he I'm just thinking get, that's uh, probably not going to happen. Yeah, who knows? Hey, th- thanks so much for the time. We appreciate you working us in, uh, considering your priorities. So, thanks so much, and stay healthy and stay safe Thank in you. Houston. You too, everybody. And if I can just say one word for everyone out there, please, for the love of God, this is not over. And the more we act irresponsibly, uh, the longer this crap drags out. Please, even if you have been vaccinated, please wear your mask. Um, Please wash your hands. uh, And please stay away from large groups. Okay, so yeah, we're still in that uh, that mode of uh, staying away from the groups and you know social distancing, being smart, and and now you know I keep seeing this guidance about uh, maybe double masking. Have you tried that? No, you kidding me? I can barely breathe with one mask, man. <laughs> I don't go places though. That's the thing, man. I, I'm holed up in the house all the time. Uh, yeah, the thought of putting yeah. two of them on just makes me think I'll just become a hermit yeah, I'm now. A, I'm just gonna stay home entirely. I'll pick up my groceries at the curb, man. That's fine. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not yeah. wearing that. Uh, I like Gene though. That's the first time I've talked to, to uh, Gene Wu. He let us call him Gene instead of Representative Wu. Um, he, yeah. He's he waited till the end to say right. that, but yeah, the, you know, the formalities the entire <laughs> way through. As you're saying goodbye, like hey, just call yeah, me Gene. Yeah, thanks, man. Should have told us that a half hour ago. But uh, no, I, I liked him a lot. I, I hope I hope he'll come back on our program. Um, our, our next guest, though, we're going to the opposite side of the state. We're going way up yeah. to the stovepipe, up to the top, to the panhandle, uh, to talk to the county judge up there. Her name is Nancy Tanner. She is the county judge for Potter County. If you're like me and needed to pull out a, uh, a Texas roadmap to figure out what and where Potter County is, Potter County is Amarillo. 
So we all know yeah, where Amarillo which, is. It's almost up there at the very top. And you know what's interesting about that location in particular is that it is very close to the borders of some other states, which most of us in Texas can't say that we're close to a border with another state because the state is so big. And that presents some unique uh, challenges or opportunities, depending on which side of the border you're coming from, because if you're in search of a vaccine, who knows, maybe do you cross state lines to see if you can get one. And uh, some people have been doing that up in the panhandle. Um, Hey, we fully expected to give you a call and to to think that uh, and to hear maybe that things weren't going too well with the vaccine distribution in uh, Potter County and in Amarillo. But that's just the opposite of what you told us. You would have been very wrong. Yeah, we are doing so good that that I swear people are calling us just to ask us how we're doing it. Wow. You know, we have we have such a good, good city of Amarillo health department that just took hold of it and just said, we're going to do this and it is getting done. All right. So can you bottle that? What is the magic for any other county officials who are listening around Texas? I don't know if there's any magic involved with it. I think it's just good organizational skills and knowledge of what needs to be done. And I haven't yet quite figured out where they're getting, how they're getting so many vaccines here, but, but we are. And, Mm -hmm. uh, and we're, we're doing, we've administered about 25,000 so far. Hmm. Wow. And and so how much of the population is that there? Obviously, it's only well, a fraction of the population, yeah, but, not, but not that much. If you look at it that way, if you break it down, it's not that much, but we're still getting more. And so we, we anticipate that they will continue to show up at the Civic Center, at the Veterans Hospital, at the two other hospitals we have, their own doctor's offices and what all to get to get this vaccine. And it's it's a it's, it's working. It's working for us. Judge, we've been seeing a lot of waiting lists, especially in some of the larger counties. Collin County, for example, really stands out for a long waiting list for people who are eligible to get the vaccine right now, but just can't seem to track it down. Have you all experienced anything like that? Do you have people who are sitting on a waiting list at this point? We do not. We do not. And I really don't know why. I've already I've contacted the mayor and the health department today to ask them that very question and I haven't heard back from them. So we're not having a waiting list at all. Hmm. Wow. Uh, Judge, we've been checking in with you for, for months now since all this started uh, last year. And I remember you saying early on, like all parts of Texas, but there are some people who are just, you know, texting through and through and yes, who don't sir. want to be told what to do. Yes, sir. Um, ha- have you seen many people there in Potter County or in the Panhandle who yes. have not wanted the vaccine? <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. Yes, there are plenty of people that, that refuse to wear a mask. Hmm. There are plenty of people that still go to the bars. You know, our hospitalization rate had to be below a certain amount for me to open the bars back up. It is not there yet. Hmm. It was in the 30 percentile for a while. So I shut the bars. And what you know what they did? They went around it. And they found a way to open them up by having food. Uh, yes, there there are many, many people that refuse to do what they're supposed to be doing. So in that vein, do you know if there is um, a, a rejection of the, the vaccine there? Do you know if there is a sizable amount of the population that doesn't want to get it? You know, I mean, there's always going to be that. I don't, I don't care where you are, where you live. There's going to be somebody like that that just doesn't want to be the first one to get it. And I don't I don't I didn't mind. I was first in line. Hmm. Now, one of the very you. first, one of the very first 400 mm-hmm. in line. So, uh, and it took about 40 minutes to get through the line and get it done. Mm-hmm. And it was 
painless. It had a sore arm for about 24 hours. That's it. Hmm. So I'm sure you tell these people that the the vaccines from Pfizer, Moderna, and, and even Johnson & Johnson's, which is coming out, they've all gone through mm-hmm. clinical trials with tens of thousands of people who've had it. Right. And people say, well, there's not been enough time for them to, to see if there's any side effects. And, you know, do we say that for the flu shot? No. Do we say it for the shingle shot? No. Do we say it for the pneumonia shot? No. So I'm I'm all on board. Judge, I would think that the cell job would be an easy one, especially what you all have been through there in the panhandle. Talk just a little bit about how much, you know, we, we think about the big cities where, the you know, we've seen the outbreak. This has ravaged uh, your area there. We, we have had a really, really tough, very, very sad time with this. We had portable morgues um, everywhere. We had four or five um, refrigerated trucks full of bodies for quite some time. And if you don't think that is an eye opener, drive by that and look at it. Uh, we just did, we do the cremations for the indigent. We did four last week mm. that died in November and they just now got time to do them. So finally the portable morgues are gone and so things are looking up a little bit and their numbers are slowly declining Mm -hmm. and that's a good thing i have six friends myself that have died from this that i've known that i know personally and and it's it's very depressing so our mental health population we had 16 new cases today just today so when you when you say mental health population are, are these what are you talking about there are these cases the coming to the county or what? hospital they come through my court and i do all the mental health hearings for the entire panhandle but this is just amarillo only and and the, it's just people are, are depressed judge and, i know uh, i know that you've yeah. been in close consultation with governor abbott uh, as the state has tried to coordinate this covid 19 vaccine rollout mm-hmm. what are the sorts of things that you say to him and what is he saying Saying to you right now? I haven't talked to him specifically, but I am on that task force that he put me on. And we have met three times so far, and it's all about vaccine, vaccine, vaccine. Mm. That's all we talk about. And it's working. And it's working here. And our numbers are slowly declining. And I'm I'm, I can't say this because of the vaccine, but I'm saying that people are, I think, waking up to the fact that we have to do something well, and, you, and we're you, not going to be a statistic. You say that it's working. If you could change something right now, though, what would you change? I think that maybe perhaps we would have taken it a little bit more seriously at the beginning. Mm. A lot of people thought, oh, this will pass. This will go by just like a bad flu. In about three months, we'll be back to normal. And we're not back to normal yet. It's going to be, it's coming up on a year in March. And we're not anywhere near normal. Judge, of course, the the vaccine distribution, certainly good news for you guys. But at at, at this rate, how long do you think it's going to take to get everybody in Potter County who wants the vaccine to give them the actual vaccine? How long is that going to take? You know, with the rate that they're doing it right now, as good as quickly as they can get you in and out, I, I just don't think it's going to take. If we have enough vaccine, I think people will get in line and go get it done because it's all indoors now. Wow, this is surprisingly good news. Uh, we, we just don't hear much of this these days, especially with this uh, vaccine rollout, which has you know hit some stumbling yeah. blocks along the way. Uh, I do want to ask you, though, on the other side of things, the not so happy news uh, from where you sit. What is the struggle like right now? We keep seeing these you know, jobless claims. We see the, you know, the the risk of eviction with a lot of people or that they may not be able to make their mortgage. Are you seeing that in real terms still? Oh, yeah, it's here. Uh, The eviction rate is is astronomical. And, you know, you you feel bad for the people who can't pay their rent, but you also feel bad for the for the homeowner who 
can't collect the rent. Right. So there's no win. There's no win-win situation here. It's it's a lose-lose. You, you still sound hopeful, though, Judge. I, I'm always hopeful. I'm always hopeful. I will always be that way. It's just the way I am. That's good old y'all stuff here. A- absolutely. And and the uh, the vaccine isn't. Uh... It's in short supply everywhere, but really in Dallas. So if I make the drive up there to Amarillo, you think you can score one for me? I'll get you here. I'll get you here. <laughs> my, son, my son lives in Collin County. He's telling me he's he's 44, 45 years old. And he, he, he says, yeah, there's no, we can't get them yeah, here. So Not at all. I was going to yeah. ask you do, you, do you have concerns about that, though? Do you have concerns that you might get people from other counties there in the panhandle? Or, heck, even people driving in from not too far away, Colorado or Oklahoma? We've already had, we've already had that. We've already had it, and we're not turning them away. Wow. There's no way we would turn them away. We've come; they've come from New Mexico, Oklahoma, Colorado. We'll take them. So, wow. you know, open arms. Well, well good on you for doing that. Yeah. Uh, it, it, maybe it's saving some lives. I sure hope so. I sure hope so. Judge, it's always good to talk to you, and uh, stay healthy up there. Good luck to you guys on getting okay. us distributed. Thank you for having me, and y'all be safe. Judge, thank you. So, Jason, you're right. Pe- people are driving in. I mean, honestly, if 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 I knew I had an opportunity to get the vaccine at a neighboring county, I, if I had the opportunity to do it, you know, legally, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd drive and get it. I, I want to get beyond well, this, man. Yeah. Well, and especially, too, I know that a lot of people have been advocating on behalf of their parents, their older parents. And if I had an older parent who was really in a high risk group and could not get that vaccine where I was and was sitting on this waiting list with, you know, 99,999 people in front of them. And I knew that if I took an hour drive to the south or the west that I could get this vaccine for them. Heck, yeah, we'd pile into the car and make a road trip out of it. I would even put on. Two masks. I, I've ridden to with you too, though, man. Trip. You could be somewhere. I mean, we, we got to Austin, leaving <laughs> Dallas one time. We drove to Austin for our listeners, and it normally it's a solid three-hour drive. We got there in like ninety minutes. You're just you're you're going to get me in trouble. I mean, it, it, you I, weren't driving a station I, you know. car. You, you're, you're driving. You weren't in the the Yaltix mobile. I mean, you're driving. <laughs> I you're driving your own Rolls you Royce. But it, it, I mean, you took a nap. It took the same. I could amount of time because the the you engine you have in your Rolls Royce is just it, it's it's like a <laughs> space shuttle, man. I mean, we got. You really are fast. dreaming here if you think I'm driving a Rolls. <laughs> I've driven a Rolls Royce one time in my life. And I will say uh, it was the most comfortable car I've ever been in. The 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 uh, this is totally off subject, but the carpets in that thing. Have you ever been in a Rolls Royce? No, I, I don't talk about notes, uh, tasting notes and beer either. But go ahead. No, I'm telling you, I, the 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 floor mats in that thing. I'm not kidding you. I took my shoes off so that I could feel them. And it was like your foot like sinks down into it and disappears. It is plush like several inches. I swear they can't, to you. They can't it sell is. that car now probably because you took your shoes off. <laughs> was it in Grey Poupon in I the could, back? <laughs> no, there was not. And I did not mind. I could sleep on those floor mats. I think those floor mats are more comfortable than my See, mattress. Jason, I'm, I'm just a simple man. I, I don't I don't have any fancy cars like that. I, I don't have the experience. I don't talk about the tasting notes from my beer. I just enjoy enjoy the, enjoy the beer and enjoy well, the that's that's why we get together once a week so that you can educate me and I can help you to become a little bit more refined in the ways of the nicer things. Uh, everybody, thank you for listening to another episode of Yolitics. Let us know what you think. Leave us a comment, especially the good ones. And uh, be sure you subscribe because we drop these once a week at least. Sometimes, uh, you know, situations arise where we drop more than a, one a week if there's an emergency podcast to be put out. But uh, thanks as always for listening, and uh, we will do it all again next Tuesday.